there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. Well, welcome to week three of The Great Exchange. A Yahoo Sports headline said it all when it said, six future first-round picks have already been traded. Now, let me explain for a moment, and that's surprising for several reasons. For those of you that don't follow sports, let me tell you exactly why. First of all, it's December of 2019 at this moment. The draft isn't until April of 2020. And six first-round draft picks have already been traded. Now, I want you to understand something. The Jaguars, as a team, they now have the Rams 2020 and 21 first-round picks. The Dolphins have traded a player for Texans 2020 and 2021. The Dolphins have also had the Steelers 2020 picks. And so on and so forth, and all these numbers and names may not matter, but I want you to understand something. All these picks that they could have had for a future, they traded them for a player right now. Now, what they're doing is they're exchanging. I exchange to you a pick in the future for somebody right now because we feel like we need this person right now. And we see and we want, give it to me. And so they trade these future picks Instead of getting uh, uh, and looking to build the future, they want to build the right now. And many times that works out. But the truth is that many times it doesn't as well. Let me ask you this question. We're talking about the great exchange. How many times, and this is rhetorical, but how many times did you trade a bright future for a right now moment? How many times did you trade your 2020, your 2021, your 2022 blessings, favor, and purpose for a right here, right now player that is named? I think all of us at some point in time have looked at our lives and said, you know, I really didn't make a good exchange there. We've been talking about what God exchanges to us and what we give up in proportion to what he gives us us. What's rough now may be in the long run a good thing later. I mean, that's true. There are times that we go through things right now and later on we're going, you know, that wasn't quite as bad before that thing that I went through as this thing is right now. I really could have used that thing right now. I really could have used that. But guess what? There's a great exchange that happened in heaven over 2,000 years ago. And that's what we're talking about. What rough exchange have you made? Have you tried so that you can win now? Well, the, the teams that did these trades, actually their records are not that great <laughs> right now as we speak. The teams that made these trades, their records aren't panning out like they thought. And it's not to say I told you so, but it kind of illustrates the point that just because you think you could win now with something doesn't mean you will. How many know we need the Holy Spirit's guidance in every decision we make, right? You see, the great danger Jesus was concerned about with our hearts is that we follow the treasure, 
We follow the things that look shiny. The things that are uh, what I call bling them mentality. Not kingdom, bling them. I actually never called it that. I made that up on the spot. But it's kind of that, isn't it? It's that idea of right now, it's shiny, it's new, it's I want it now. And I, and, and I would venture out to say, by a show of hands, how many of you uh, sought out the blingdom right now? It looked good right now, and then later on you're going, that didn't pan out like I thought, right? And you said, I should have went with the kingdom, not the blingdom. You see... The question you have to ask yourself is, do you really want to give your heart to a passing world? Because there are people that you think you will know forever. Some of you know what I'm talking about in high school. How many when you graduated high school were like, we'll be friends forever? (laughs) Give me your number. We're going to stay in touch. Three weeks later, you were like, who's that again? (laughs) Oh yeah, I remember them. Because you thought for a moment you're going to be... Now listen, I'm not talking about those of you that have... If you have a high school friend that you've been with and you know for a long time, God bless you, that's awesome. But by and large, life goes on. How many times did you depend on something like that spiritually? You thought that thing was going to hang around for a long time and you, you grab a hold of it. You say, yeah, I'll give up my 2020 blessing. I'll give up my 2021 blessing for this right here, right now. And you take it and then you, you give up draft picks. You give up opportunities to see great things right here because I know I've seen what this player can do. Then that player gets injured, a.k.a. you lose your job, but you put everything in it. You put your job over your family and your job lets you go. You put your bank account over your friendships, and then that bill pops up you never thought saw coming. And all of a sudden, you're a different person. That friendship is ruined. I'm trying to tell you that what we hoard for the moment could be gone in a moment. What we store for eternity is ours for eternity. With each of these new teams that took these drafts, they had to look at in a year or two if their exchange was worth it. We've been talking about the gifts that God gives us, and many of us in this room have traded away draft picks for a moment to be able to help the hurt, the healing to come, hopefully. Week one, we talked about exchanging our worry for peace. Week two, we talked about exchanging our hurts for healing. This morning, we're here on Christmas Sunday as we celebrate the one who brings all joy. We are here because we realize that the clutter, the clutter that happens in our life often is because we hold on to grief more than we hold on to the joy of the season. And some of you are having a hard time with this holiday. I'll call it holiday because it's a series of things between Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year. It's a whole series of things. I'm not trying to get away from Christmas. I celebrate Christmas. But some of you don't feel that joy anymore. Either anymore or as of late. 
because something happened, something injured your heart, something injured your spirit, and you're holding on to that thing. And I'm telling you today, today you could exchange that grief for joy. You can exchange that grief for joy. On this side of eternity, grief is the reality that some of us deal with Seasons of joy. Others of you are dealing with joy this season. You're happy. Things are well. Others of you have had things happen to you in the last few days and weeks or even months that you said, I, don't, I just want to bypass this. Holiday. Can I easy pass this whole thing? But you can't because everywhere you go, it's flooded. Memories of what has happened to you or happened around you or happened to someone you love floods your mind. And if you live long at all, you will experience grief, pain, and loss during holidays. There's no way around it. Our normal plan for dealing with it, and it being that grief, is often one of three ways. Either we deny it, we delay it, or we distract ourselves from seeing it. If you want to write this down, this would be a good point to write it down. Not only are there all these, you're welcome. Deny, delay, distract. Deny that it ever happened. Delay any opportunity to face it or distract yourself long enough so you don't have to feel it. Isn't that true? Am I preaching a little bit? Because I think we've all been there at one point where we deny, man, I don't ever want to look at that again. The Nile is not just a river. It's a real place that many of us live in, right? It's a place that says, you know, I, if I don't have to face it, I don't have to face it. Let me just deny it until the next thing happens. But denying doesn't help you, does it? So we deny it and we say that didn't happen, that that person didn't mean it, or that this, this that, and the other, we don't want to face it. Sometimes maybe that's the way you deal with grief maybe for some of you you delay it you say well you know what I'll deal with that when we come to it if and when I have time I'll just I'll get to it I was going to be a procrastinator but I never got around to it that's kind of what the mindset right you know I just I'll just keep delaying the inevitable and then it smashes you in the face and you're going what happened why didn't I face this when I could have done it in a healthy manner now my spirit's broken and my life is messed up a little bit and I gotta process this you delay the inevitable that doesn't help you either does it and the other way is to distract yourself oh it's over there but I'm just gonna talk about this over here I know that's over there, but let me just deal with this over here. I want to talk about this. You got some issues going on in your marriage? Oh, just, it's all right. Let's just, just, just talk about this over here. Let me celebrate this moment. Now, some of you go, well, Pastor, that's a positive mentality. You're trying to stay positive. Yeah, but it's not positive when it's gone on for so long that it's injuring you while you're denying it, while you're delaying it, while you're distracted. It doesn't help you. How about you pray? And you turn your face toward it and you say, I'm going to face you head on. What is the problem here? What is this issue that I need to face right here? And people deal with it in different ways. We deny our losses. 
We delay our pain and we distract ourselves. Some do it with a bottle, a bottle of whether it's alcohol. Some do it with pills. Others smoke until they get it out of their system. Now I'm going to just get my way out of this somehow, some way or another, anything to get away from that grief. And later you find out you're emptier now than you were when you started. Because not only is your heart and soul empty, so is your pocketbook or wallet. And now you got another issue to process. So no matter how you deal with it, none of those ways are healthy. Would you agree with me on that? None of those ways are healthy, but if we just take that head on and say, God, show me, and that's one of the things that I believe as believers we have to understand is this, that uh, we often don't process it or don't face it because we don't know how. Pastor Tony, how do I face this? Well, I'm going to give you some keys here this morning to how to exchange your grief for joy, how to turn that around for yourself. And one thing that I realized early in my faith is that I truly didn't know how to give my pain to God. I didn't know how to do that. And if we're honest with ourselves here this morning, there are many of us in this room that don't know how to give your pain to God either. See, what does that look like? Here we are on Christmas Sunday, Christmas Day is just a few days away. And you want to talk about pain? No, I don't want to necessarily talk about grief or pain. I want to talk about the joy that is available if you would give that up. Listen, pain, everybody will experience it. Grief, everybody will experience it. Joy, not everybody will experience it. Because some will choose to hold on to that grief longer than they'll hold on to the opportunity for joy. This entire Christmas is about the joy of God being displayed for all of us to enjoy and to embark on. So if you would allow me a few moments, I just want to give you two big points that I need you to take home here today. Are you ready? The first one is simply this. Embrace his love over you. Now I say over you because I believe with all my heart that God wants to give a banner of love over his people. I believe that in a lot of ways we, we don't always see his love for us. We see his act of love over us. Allow me for a moment just to kind of elaborate on that because we see ways that God has shown his love for us. But did you know that even if he doesn't show his love for you, he loves you eternally? That when he created you, he created you out of love? You were born out of love. You exist out of love. So I'm not allowing that love when I hold on to that grief. I'm not allowing that love when I embrace the things in pain around this world more than that love. Now, I'm not saying you can't feel pain and love at the same time. What I'm saying is you can't perceive God's love if all you do is remember grief and pain. 
I want to share with you uh, something that took place about a year ago today. About a year ago, my wife and I sat down and we said, you know, our kids are blessed. This world, whether we acknowledge it or not, in America, we are blessed. We have more than we need. We have stuff. And my kids, listen, I'm not rich by any stretch, but they have toys. They've never been without toys. They enjoy life that way, right? But I realized one day, boy, girl, you got too many toys. So my wife and I were talking and we said, if you want Christmas to come and you want some toys for Christmas, you better make some room because there's no room. You got totes and totes of toys. All right, dad. So they run in their room and they, they empty out all their toys and they do that. We do this every Christmas. We like, listen, you got to make room for stuff. If you want stuff, you need to make room for it. Give away the stuff you don't use, especially the ones that are still in good shape. We'll give it to somebody that could use it, right? Not good? Let's not just throw them away. We're not throwing away stuff. We're giving them away. And we're blessing other people or we're finding a way to get it into someone's hands or even an organization. We have a box out here. You can drop off good clothing, good toys, and it'll go toward a good cause and it'll bless the church as well. That's all great. But they were thinking, I need to make room so I can get stuff, right? <laughs> that holly jolly Christmas is great, but I just want toys, right? My wife and I got really tired of seeing all the toys everywhere, like most of us parents do. And they said, let's buy them for Christmas a memory. Let's buy them something they'll never forget. So my wife and I were brainstorming, and my sons both love the Golden State Warriors. And they love basketball. So what we decided to do was we decided to buy them tickets to go see the Golden State Warriors in Philadelphia. So what I did was um, we got the tickets and we put them in a box. And we bought them hats, one a beanie, one a hat. And uh, we put it in a box. And we th they thought that they were just getting a beanie or a hat. And so instead of sharing the story, why don't I show you the story? Watch your screen. All right, guys, go ahead, open up your lid. Wait for each other. Oh, man, it's closed. Awesome. Look at your Elijah. Wait, Hannah, wait. Okay, wait. Joe, look inside look inside the box. Got the halls. How did you open yours? Wait, is this tickets? What? We got to Thirty. What's the matter, Joe? Uh, <laughs> Is this real? Yes, it's very real. It's your big present. So, what do you think about that big present? Saturday, March second, twenty nineteen, at the at the Sixers. I'm gonna do the first. Your first basketball game. Am I going? 
Golden State no. Warriors versus the Philadelphia 76ers. You have row 218, row, row 9, seat 4. Daddy's going to take you boys to your first game and you go see the Sixers I have and the Warriors. I for all Warriors. three of us to go. Me, you, and Josiah will go together. So tell me, is there something that you would love to have? <laughs> Did we surprise you? This is the, probably the thing you really yeah. wanted to get me. Yeah. Merry Christmas, buddy. I've watched that video a bunch of times. That still gets me. Um, that was true joy. He was so grateful. I got a picture of the day that we get in the round and we got, got our Sixers. They got their Golden State, of course. And uh, we enjoyed that. And, you know, they had to wait a couple of months for it. But my love for them was expressed in the gift I, they won't be able to dribble it or do anything else with that gift but it'll sit in their hearts for a long time as they sat down and they watched their favorite team play and for the record their team won that's the only time I ever went to a game and said Lord if the Sixers don't win it's alright <laughs> it'll make the present even better but as a father, I wanted them to know that love and that joy that they embraced that day. I didn't expect that to happen. I didn't. I expected them to be excited, but that expression of love in different ways, one was completely shocked, speechless, which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> the other one was just emotional, couldn't, didn't even put words into it. And I think that embrace... And that encapsulated what I was hoping that they would experience, that love, and let them know that their father and mother loved them so much that he thought about them in this way. Can I tell you, there's a moment in your life that the Father God wants to embrace his love and be poured over you this Christmas. Not, not in the way that you expect sometimes. Because there are times that we... We experience the love of God in different ways. And I want you to know he wants to embrace you and cover you over you with his love. Sometimes we just need to be embraced with that kind of love. And that's my first point. My second point is simply this. Exchange your grief for joy. Just plain and simple. Say, God, I have pain in my heart. I want to give that to you and give me the joy that I know I need in my life right now. Now, is it that simple? No, but it starts that simple. It starts that simple. Where you say, God, I have pain and I have losses. God, I need to hear that you are here for me. See, many take their pain and they turn it into a rant or a reason to hurt others. Right? They turn it into a rant or reason. You know this. If you have social media for 10 minutes, you realize somebody wants to rant out there. Somebody wants to tell somebody else about somebody's business. 
Somebody wants to tell you what to believe. Somebody wants to tell you what they think about what you believe. But at the end of the day, that doesn't help anybody, does it? You rant or you, you make a reasoning for your pain. You still have that pain. You're just lashing out. Like a cat caught in a, in a, in a, in a, uh, a blanket of yarn. With their claws caught in the yarn, you're trying to help the cat take that yarn off and they get caught, but they're, they're, so, they're so entrenched by the moment of uncertainty that they'll lash out at anybody and they're screaming and fighting. And You ever seen a cat do that? People do the same thing. They, instead of asking God to take that grief, that pain, that struggle, and ask God, give me that joy, they'll, they'll, they'll get caught in something and they'll, they'll lash out until somebody hears them. Somebody's got to hear me. But today I want to tell you, you can be joyful because we're alive. We can be joyful because we have plenty. Now, not plenty like everything you ever wanted, But I would venture out and say right now you have breath in your lungs. So at this point, you have everything you need to live. Your heart is beating. There's breath in your lungs. Now we move forward and ask God to restore our joy. Because for some of you, you've lost that joy. And I'm speaking to you this morning. If you've lost your joy, I want you to know there is joy in Jesus. There really is. David wrote Psalm 30. And we realize that as a song for the dedication of the temple, he wrote this. But know that when he wrote Psalm 30, he wrote Psalm 30 and he reflected on his own experiences. I want you to remember that David had lost his best friend, Jonathan, his mentor, Samuel, and his first baby with Bathsheba and much more. He lost so many things, but he writes this in Psalm 30. I will exalt you, Lord, for you rescued me. You refused to let my enemies triumph over me. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you restored. Somebody say restored. Restored my health. You brought me up from the grave, oh, Lord. You kept me from falling into the pit of death. He goes on to say more. He says this. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Hello? Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Not all you ones who hit the right note. Some make a joyful noise, others just make a noise. But whatever it is, you fill it with joy. I make a joyful noise. He goes on to say this, praise his holy name for his anger lasts only for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. He goes on to say weeping may, in, may last through the night, but joy, somebody say it with me, joy comes with the morning. When I was prosperous and I said, nothing can stop me now, your favor, O oh Lord, made me as secure as a mountain. Then you turned away from me and I was shattered. Why? Because oftentimes we hold on to our blessings like that's God. How many know that your blessings are not God? They're a sign of, of, of God's favor, but they're not God. Don't ever think that the things God gives you is in the place of him. That's why uh, then you turned away from me and I was shattered. Verse 8, I cried out to you, O Lord. I begged the Lord for mercy, saying, what will you gain if I die, if I sink into the grave? Can my dust praise you? Can it tell of your faithfulness? Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, Lord. You have turned my mourning into what? 
joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with, clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. Listen, a worship leader may come up here and say, listen, this is what the verse means. Sing. For crying out loud, sing. And I'm going to agree with that person. Sing. For crying out loud, sing. Because sometimes you need to praise your way into your breakthrough. Hello. You need to pray through your breakthrough, praise through your breakthrough, and some of us have been made silent because of the pain and the grief, and I'm telling you, praise him through it, praise him through it, praise him through it, and no matter what you do, praise him through it. See, oh Lord my God, I will give you thanks forever. I will not be silent. See, when you give God your grief, he says, hold up, hold up, I got change for you. How many ever gave him, how many ever went to the store and you bought something and you almost forgot your change or almost forgot your card? How many ever been there before? You ever almost forgot something like, oh, don't forget your card. You're like, oh, how can I forget that? Guess what? When you give your grief, God says, don't, don't leave without this. I got something for you. Your joy. And some of you had it. Some of you had joy once upon a time and you lost it. That's how come you need to be reminded the joy of your salvation. So the exchange is a great, has a great deal of uh, lopsidedness. And aren't you grateful that the joy of God and that lopsidedness favors you? God says, give me your grief. I'll take your grief. Kind of like... A parent that says, give me that, give me that stuff there. Before I give you your drink, give me that old drink that's sitting on your cup holder, right? Give me that. Here's your new drink. And you can put that there. God says, give me your grief. It's not helping you. There's nothing for you. And I'm going to replace it with joy. This Christmas, my prayer is that whatever pain you're experiencing, David knew some of that pain. He lost a friend. He lost a wife. He lost so many things. I mean, we're talking about the people he fought with even turned on him at one point, And they were talking about stoning him. David! You know David, right? Yeah, the guy that killed a giant. That David. Oh, yeah, the guy that was a conquering king that took out nations. That David. There was a moment where he had weaknesses. And his people turned on him. The exchange is a great deal for you. Isaiah 53 verse 3, he was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows acquainted with the deepest what? Deepest what? I need you to hear those words that you're saying. The deepest grief. He turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Let me tell you something. Jesus Christ was rejected and despised and he experienced grief. And I'm telling you today, God comforts us now because Jesus went through the grief for us. Somebody say amen. amen. God comforts us later with that joy by removing every reason for grieving. And I'm praying that this morning you would walk out of here saying, I choose not to grieve. I choose to walk in joy 
that's available through Christ Jesus. Amen? I'll read one more verse to you, and it's Revelation. Revelation chapter 21. Uh, it's actually a couple verses here. It says, then I saw the new heaven and the new earth. Verse 4, I will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death, nor sorrow, or crying, or pain. All these things are what? Gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, look, I am making everything new. Come on, somebody. That's a good word right there. How many are receiving that word for yourself? Yeah? He says, all these things are gone for how long? Just a few days? No, they're gone forever. The exchange that God gives to each of us today is, look, I am making all things new. Just do me a favor. Hand me that grief, and I will give you my joy. As the media team helps me out with this, that joy is available to you today, but I want to talk to you about joy to the world. Just joy to the world. The words read like this. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rock hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. You know the song, right? No more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes, makes his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Let me ask you something. Did you know anything about that? Him? Well, Sir Isaac Watts wrote that hymn in 1719. And when he wrote that hymn, he didn't write it as a Christmas song. Let me, let me just give you something. As a matter of fact, he published it in a book called The Psalms of David, imitated in the language of the New Testament. He didn't write it as a Christmas carol. He wrote it as a paraphrase of the 98th Psalm, which in fact, in truth, talks about the second coming not the first it's actually talking about the second coming of Jesus John 1 tells us he came unto his own and his own received him not the first time Jesus came his own received him not let me go on a step further for a moment because Isaiah 53 he came as a suffering servant now let me just say this very clearly when Jesus answered Pilate, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight? I wouldn't be delivered to the Jews. <laughs> he didn't come the first time the way everybody thought he was. But listen, does that mean we don't sing joy to the world in days like this? I love that. And I'll never stop singing that for Christmas. But I need you to understand something. The joy comes when Christ is involved. That joy is available to every single one of us and I want you to know Jesus didn't come the first time like we thought he would and it doesn't mean that we ourselves can just look toward the presence that we have and go yeah that's joy our presence of joy because the realization is many of your presence will wear out and break right the joy is not in the presence because sometimes they don't even fit right because the day after Christmas is almost as bad as the day after Black Friday, right? 
Stuff just don't fit. The day after Christmas, sometimes it's just the wrong thing. How many ever got a, a gift you were like, thank you, that's such a gift. Yeah, you can use the word interesting, right? It's an interesting choice. Thank you for the gift. A few months later, some of you, even the gifts you like, you don't pay attention to. The gift of Jesus, don't ever cast that to the side and forget that gift. I want to tell you something. Some of the most joyful people I've ever met in my life don't have stuff. And if they have joy, they have everything they need. So my final thought is simply this. There's still time to get that joy you need. Amen? This morning, I need everyone to look at me for a moment. You have a reason to have joy today. And I want you to know he is able to take your grief, your pain, your struggle, and replace it and exchange it for true joy. Amen? I'm going to ask you to all across this room to bow your heads with me. And maybe for just a moment, take this moment and say, God, I give you my grief, my pain, my struggle. And I know some of you are dealing with physical. I've, I've, it's, I don't know that I remember a time where this, physical, this body has been so physically um, hurt, physically hurt by so many surgeries. I don't remember a time in the eight-year history of this church where there's been more surgeries and pain physically than I remember right now. So I want to pray a blessing over some of you that are going through grief in your body. My prayer today is that you would receive that joy he wants to give you in exchange from that grief. Lord God, I pray May your love and your kindness be upon your people today. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, God, that you would go before your people here today. And Lord, if they don't have joy in their hearts and their lives, I pray you would restore it. We were born to have joy. This is not a mystery, God. We were born to have joy in our lives, and Lord, we pray like we just read, God, you are able, so able, to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Father, I'm asking you today, take this word, seal the hearts of your people. May they always experience your joy. And Lord, in the next couple days, for those that are in pain, that are experiencing turmoil because of a passing of a loved one, or just turmoil in their home or family or looking not forward to the family time because there's strife there. I'm asking you, God, help them to have joy in those moments because you are the essence of joy. In Jesus' name I pray.